All right, hello. Welcome to Adventures and Lollygagging. We are playing One Ring, second edition tonight. We are continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign, and it is Melissa's birthday. What? 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 And then tomorrow Happy is Long's birthday? birthday? What? 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 There's just so many birthdays. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be real sad when I kill both their characters today. <laughs> uh, Steven I was, sent me I was a $50 coffee or little... coffee. Little, uh, put it happy on? birthday around. I have plot armor. Go, so well, go it, ahead and put it on. It, it disappears it on. into the uh, green screen. I don't see it. That's weird because I, I don't see it. it so I guess it doesn't count. <laughs> oh, it's a shame. It's a shame. <laughs> oh, uh, Ron talks tabletop. Thank you so much for the sep. Eight months. Oh my gosh, you're right. Ooh. Eight months already. <laughs> I agree. It's been a while. So, uh, so yeah, we've got uh, we've got two birthdays this weekend. Today is is Melissa's. Uh, she uh, she has graciously said we're going to play one ring today, and tomorrow is Long's. Uh, and uh, he has graciously said, "Hey, you guys want to play one ring tomorrow?" And uh, yeah, I don't know that's what's happening. Uh, so we'll see if uh, if the actual happy birthday plot armor does uh, does anything of uh, uh, of note. Uh, Steven said that he would quit the show. If I kill Melissa's character on her birthday, I would. I'll, I'll walk off. I'll turn the webcam off mid set. That, that is not a deterrent, my friend. That is encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, we'll see how it goes. I mean, you guys, how how can anything bad happen? You guys have just returned to the Bree lands. You are in Bree Kum. You're in friendly territory. How can anything? terrible possibly happened to you all right if anything terrible is going to possibly happen to you it would have already happened to you i almost killed soren deer so you know nothing nothing bad everything's gonna be fine. everything's gonna be fine everyone calm down okay everyone just calm down so why don't we introduce these characters who are about to uh, uh have a wonderful journey today uh so long tell us about floy yes i'm floy i'm playing a dwarf from the blue mountains hall of Gladrock. Uh, my calling's a treasure hunter. I'm out here traveling Midgard for treasure. Got a nice silver plate mail. A couple of silver as well. Just looking for more treasure. That's fantastic. Uh, and you know what I just remembered, guys? We keep we keep talking about trying to do our own uh, recording. Remember, we're going to change Audio. the way we're recording. Oh, and we completely no. forgot yeah. for like mm-hmm. the third week in a row. <laughs> well, I just realized that as I started to type, uh, uh, thank you to Ron Talks Tabletop for for the bits while while Long was interrupting. I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm probably, my keyboard's probably clacking over top of Floyd's intro right there. So sorry. Uh, sorry about that. Oh, and you that did get the, treasure. Yeah. Yeah, that's my coins jingling over my was that what it was? Yeah, that uh, you got that decorative silver breastplate, remember? So there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up, uh, we've got Gilly Kettlegrass, the only character with a last name. Uh, Gilly, tell us, about, <laughs> tell us about your hobbit. Uh, Gilly Kettlegrass, she is our pre-blooded hobbit, and she is getting to have a pit stop home, hopefully, to see her parents uh, before... We go on possibly to our doom. You know, yep. just happy things. Well, uh, we've already done upset. the doom thing. It'll be something else, but like, yeah. we'll do something else. Yeah. She's upset she missed Floyd's wedding because, you know, she loves weddings and that's exciting. But, you know, she's very happy for him. Um, she is totally not, you know, I completely upset forgot, forgot I'm that she though. missed the party. Yeah. Yeah, Floyd's married. <laughs> he took him a fairy wife. A fairy wife. Like fairy wife. Uh. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, oh, to all to Twitch. Thank you so much. 
so kind. I'm getting used to the new cheering process. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That's a happy uh, birthday for me. I think so too. That's what I was thinking as well. That sounds like a happy <laughs> birthday purchase right there. <laughs> Floyd got married, cut six pieces of treasure, and his wife got the other six. Yep. Area door. <laughs> Area door is a 50-50 state. That's exactly what it is. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, we've got uh, we've got a Rineal. Melissa, tell us about your plot-protected character. <laughs> so uh, Arineal is our Ranger of the North champion. Um, she has gotten a little bit better um, in kind of recent times in kind of like exploring and uh, some of those things like that. She's gotten better with her bows to kind of match up with her skills with her swords. Um, she's got a fancy dancy cloak um, that she uh, tried to use to do some uh, travel rolls last time to mixed effect and we're gonna see what happens in Bree. and am i gonna do some chores on my birthday or are we gonna do some marge chores i'm not going so <laughs> if you go you gotta take soren deer floy <laughs> floy actually has the crafting by the way and i think yeah, floy right. was the only one who didn't go last time yeah i never mm-hmm. visited <laughs> Like, but you guys worked what, twice is. now, hasn't she? Yes. Hasn't she like twice now? Yeah, yeah, oh, she's yep, the best. Yep. True. Now uh, everyone's wondering on Rings of Power uh, who uh, who Sauron is. I think we know who Sauron is. Marge of Angmar. It's freaking Marge. <laughs> That's who it is for sure. Absolutely. Uh, all right, and then finally uh, we have our our freshly poisoned or depoisoned. I don't know. Maybe there's some poison coursing around in your veins still. Unpoisoned, depoisoned. I don't know. He's a pain in the ass, Zoe. Is he's Soren Deer? Steven, tell us about your character. Hello, everyone. I'm Steven, and I am playing Soren Deer, child of Eru, guard of Forland, exile of Linden, warden of Eriador, drinker of water, and giver of gold. All right. Well, that was uh, that's enough for tonight, everybody. Uh, that introduction took uh, three quarters of our time, and uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Uh, no. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, shall we start? Shall we start? Are we ready? Okay. Let's see. Let me pull up. Let me pull up my little summary. Let's see if I can figure out what we're where we're at and what we've been doing. So, uh, let's see. Last time, well, you all started the session having uh, been split up on your journey. You've been traveling back from Forland after uh, after some time spent in Linden. You have a task from the lady. Of Forland or Tolos herself, who has tasked you with going to a place called Othran Gull, uh, up in up in Angmar, up in the mountains of Angmar, and uh, you all were traveling back. But near the Grey Havens, you all had an encounter with an elf who was disgusted with Sorendir and some of the some of the behavior he's demonstrated, especially recently uh, when an, an elvish woman by the name of Mendir died uh, because, uh, well, at least died for reasons, uh, but kind of blamed you somewhat for negligence. So you all separated. They wouldn't allow you to cross, uh, and you had to go up river. Now, Sorendir did not have an easy time, as he eventually discovered the body of a, of a bloated orc uh, that was rushing downstream, got caught on these rocks. And when you were investigating it, this cluster of poisonous spiders burst from it, swarmed all over you, and started infecting you with this poison. And that nearly killed you. The party, meanwhile, was suffering through this terrible hailstorm, and then eventually they started searching uh, for for Sorendir, 
kind of going up and down the river, finding some high points, looking for uh, for narrow points where it'd be easier to cross. But eventually, thankfully, you all found him uh, and left Sorendir kind of, in, he couldn't really swim across. So I think Floyd built a raft, Arineal and Gilly both swam or like hopped rocks across. And eventually you got him over and you kind of treated him and, and sort of saved saved his life. Nothing, nothing too terrible. Uh, he was, he was, I guess you were, you probably weren't doing too good, right? You were pretty close to going down, right? Right. Right. Uh, I, I had like four endurance left at one point. Yeah. Like one more solid roll would have taken me out. That's a shame. That's such a shame. Uh, so, uh, you re, so you reunited, uh, and you started journeying eastward some more. You, uh, you kind of found at one point Elricker, uh, the, uh, or one of the uh, merchants that was traveling along with you. He fell into this pit near an old ruin. Floyd, you rescued him, and then you discovered this decorative silver breastplate. Uh, nothing, nothing functional. It's just more. This is this could be melted down and sold and used, etc. Uh, the next part of the part of the journey was over the far downs and into the Shire. It's a path that Floyd would know pretty well. Uh, but while you were camping in the hills just west of the Shire. Uh, you were lured away, not too difficultly. You just kind of went. That was great. That's why I was the perfect person to target with this, by the way, because it was long. He's like, okay, sure. I could have had I could have had Sauron's voice like speak up and be like, okay, I'll go check it out. Uh, but you were lured away by these strange voices in the mist. And when you woke the next morning, you had some gaps in your memory, but you did vaguely remember a wedding and merriment. You had all this different garb on you that suggested fest, you know festives of some kind. And in the Hobbit village of Greenhold. You were told that you had taken a fairy wife. Um, now, you traveled through the Shire. It was rel- relatively easy and safe. Uh, a couple of weird glances were kind of tossed your way, but nothing nothing terrible. There was still some hospitality and safety. You stopped at the Green Dragon Inn. You shared some stories. Uh, you learned that Gandalf the Grey Wizard was seen for the first time in a while uh, at, the, at the Free Fair uh, near Mickle Delving, but... Unfortunately, there was no balance. Sounds like whatever befell him, all those misfortunes in the Blue Mountains uh, d- delayed him from joining him and Bilbo Baggins, this eccentric hobbit that you heard a few stories about as well. Uh, eventually, you pushed eastward over the Brandywine Bridge and en route to Bree, you actually came across some old acquaintances, uh, Ingar and Marin, people you've, uh, they're merchants out of Dale that you've encountered before a year ago. Uh, and uh, you exchanged some stories and such and kind of continued in opposite directions. So finally, we ended with you all coming upon the familiar, the familiar intersection of the Greenway, the Great East Road, the hall, the the walls of uh, of Bree, and you have now returned. Uh, what is going on in chat? There are lots of things being. There's money being thrown, bits being thrown. This is very nice. You all are very nice. Okay. Birthday love for long. That early is uh, oh early birthday for long. Thank you. That's thank great. You. That's great. Thank you. Too old to Twitch. You are you are such a kind man. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. Sorry, I'm just catching up. All right. So we are back. Uh, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and figure let's go ahead and just sort of finalize our journey phase because I imagine you all are probably going to take a couple days break here. Uh, so why don't we wasn't everyone go ahead and roll a travel test right now while I get some music going? It's good old success in the travel. All right. Thanks. Uh, okay, sorry. I have an extra D6 from my cloak. And that is, um, starting off the night with a Gandalf. <laughs> okay. Ooh, you know what? Nice. I'm just going to, you're, I guess you're just allowed to cheat on your birthday. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> okay. So to remind you all, uh, as it's been 
a week or so. Okay, so uh, basically, you're going to go, you roll your travel, uh, and then count up all of your successes, including the main success and any other additional success icons. You can reduce your fatigue by one for each of those. And then kind of know where you're at. Uh, and then you all kind of have to decide how long you kind of want to hang out here. Uh, so when you arrive in Bree, uh, it doesn't seem as though anything's changed. Like people are kind of milling about. Roads are kind of sloppy here and there, but busy. You hear the sounds of merriment coming from the Prancing Pony and other places. Um, and it doesn't look as though anything of your adventures and your tales and things that have happened has kind of floated over in this direction. It doesn't seem to doesn't seem to bother them or change their everyday lives. You left here a while ago. You left Forlond, and it was the sort of the we'll call it the kind of the end of summer. And you're basically it's the start of fall, so it's the equivalent of September. Like you know, if you want to think about it, that's where we're at. And so you arrive in Bree. Um, I guess my question to you all is, uh, I have a couple questions, actually, is what do you want to do here? How long do you want to stay? Uh, if you want to reduce your fatigue before doing the next leg of your journey, remember that you can recover one point of fatigue per prolonged rest that you take here. Uh, and so a prolonged rest is essentially, you know, staying a night. So what does everybody want to do? Yeah, so it depends on how everyone's fatigue is. So we can rest like a week or even more if we need to get that fatigue down. Yeah, I'm, I'm at sitting 11, at six. So I'm uh, also I'm at, at eleven. Amazing Ranger. <laughs> okay, so Sorendir and Gilly, that's an eleven after your reduction from your travel roll. Yeah, well, because uh, I only uh, well, have yeah. one pip in travel. Okay, I don't even have a pip in travel. I rolled a six. <laughs> I needed an eighteen. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I missed the. Um, what what is the reduction from the travel roll? Sorry, of the fatigue. So you roll travel test like normal, and then however many successes you get, it sounds like you said you had a Gandalf. Yeah. Did you have any additional successes? I did not. Okay, so then reduce your travel fatigue by one. Okay. And that's how much you take. That's how much you have after the after the journey's over. The journey itself took about a month, actually, uh, because there, you know, the, we we only really hit the high points. We, we you know, it's a montage, imagine, and we kind of hit some important events along the way or interesting events, but it, it does take you know considerable time. And it's again early fall. Uh, you know that you're heading northward. Travel through Angmar, Rudaur is difficult to begin with, but it's also can be even harder uh, if you get caught up there during the winter months, which you almost did last time, if you recall, last time you were up there. Uh, so there is kind of a hard decision to make. How long do you wait? How long, you know, how much do you try to accomplish here? There's also allies you have here as well. Uh, so it's kind of up to you. Uh, what would you like to do? Yeah, so I think we rest up at minimum a week, maybe even the 10 days, just get the full fatigue out because we're going to be traveling north. Yeah. 10 or 11 days sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, I don't think we need to do a full fellowship phase. I don't think there it merits it. We haven't really done a lot um, yeah. in the adventuring phase yet. So how about we just do this? Just uh, we'll just do some sort of free play. What what are people doing during this week and a half as you're resting off your time? Like like are, who are you seeing? What are you doing? Like what what are you interested in trying to do while you're here? If I remember correctly, I left my horse, my pony, yeah, here mm-hmm. quite months ago. So I'd like to find him. Okay, so. 
I would say the most likely person you probably left them with, uh, if you recall, there was Rosa Goodborough, uh, who is a friend of Balan's, uh, and that was your initial the initial kind of person that you were helping at the start of this campaign. Rosa Goodborough had the farm in Coombe. Uh, there was the dead uh, dead livestock that you're investigating. She's the neighbor of uh, of Meadow Oldbuck, who you have thoroughly. Uh, driven insane and she hates you now and has set up all sorts of signs out you know outlawing running dwarves milking of animals and all sorts of things outside her farm but when you uh, when you go to see Rosa Goodborough you can see that she is doing quite well her livestock seem to have recovered she seems very happy uh, remember she is a she's a brie hobbit sheep tender uh, she's got that fiery auburn red hair and when she sees you uh, she got this big old smile and uh, and she says, "Floy, oh, why it's so so wonderful to see you. Oh, you looking resplendent as always." Ah, oh, same to you, Rosa. It feels like it's been a while. It's been it's quite first some time. Oh, I haven't seen you in months. Maybe more than that, in fact. Oh, I've got old. Uh, where where is it? That uh, was it. Beat or is it rude? I yeah, always forget which beat. one's which. Okay, where is that? Where is that? donkey of yours or mule or whatever it is pony that up oh, there it is over there you can see right on the edge of meadows uh meadows land uh, i don't know what it is but um your pony has been driving her insane lately uh you can see she's got some she's got some berry bushes built up on the on the property line between uh between the good burrows and the old books and and it isn't a, it isn't a day or two. Every almost every other day, I have to go out there and I got to chase, chase your darn pony away from the plot line before Meadow comes out with a crossbow and shoots at it. Oh dear! No, no worries. I'll, I'll go ahead and talk to her. Make it up for her. Oh no! I don't. You mean talk to Meadow? No, I think that's a terrible idea. She has actually spoken multiple times at various town meetings. Asking to outlaw dwarves within Coombe. Now, no one's, of course, taking her seriously on such an accusation and in such a. But, but she's quite angry, and she has been practicing uh, with a with some sort of device she bought from some merchants at a dale. Some sort of. Uh, it's a crossbow. It's got some little winding thing, and you don't have to know how to shoot a bow to use it. You just point and pull the trigger. That doesn't sound right at all. I thought we got along pretty well. You thought you got along well with the woman who put up signs that said no jogging, no dwarves. Every time you encountered her, she seemed upset. Uh, I think that's just her personality. Well, she is a bit ornery, that's true. But you bring out the worst in her. I have to admit. Chloe has a healthy (laughs) self-esteem. I think maybe it's best if you just take your your pony, uh, well fed, uh, been uh, otherwise, uh, has been a very uh, delight, has been getting along with my sheep quite well. Um, if you're if you're looking to uh, you know to keep it here for a few more days, that's fine. But when you're ready to leave, uh, of course you're welcome to. It. And again, if if you have any interest in parting, uh, I would be happy to purchase your pony off of you and give your pony a place to stay safe pulls the plow here and there yeah we can go over the details we are staying for a while we have a long journey to the north again 
You're journeying north. And she kind of looks up at the sky at this time of the year. Just seems to line up that way. Do you have your uh, your papers and such accounted for? If you, who this pony's uh, who this pony's going to default to in the case of your uh, imminent demise? Well, we can get that sorted. Okay. Well, I would be uh, very pleased to uh, to take to take over uh, uh, stewardship on a more permanent basis if you feel. Uh, um, root is that what you call bait i i always That's, forget you tell me all the time and i never remember i'm the worst i'm so the, i'm so bad. it's beat gilly okay. is the root yeah got it well if you uh if you don't want to go bringing bait with you you just let me know and stay away from meadow or <laughs> you uh you drive her insane and then i have to live next to her for about six or seven months before you come back and araya turns to you and it takes roughly four or five months to keep her from hating me there's a there's a grey streak in her hair, and I'm pretty sure it's purely from stress of thinking about you. I'm flattered. Okay. So you get your <laughs> I'm flattered. You check in on Rosa. Okay. Uh who else is doing something while we're here? Uh is that Lewis? Thank you so much for those bits. Aw. There's so many bits out there. I feel I like know. I should just drop Sauron right here and fight because you have enough to take them out. So <laughs> Uh, who's doing something next in these? Aridiel is going to uh, head up to the Chetwood. Okay, yeah. So last you heard when you were last here, uh, Marimben and Talendale, your ranger friends, uh, had left Oswald Breaker's home, uh, the uh, scholar who lives on the outskirts of Coombe, and who was attacked by the by the hill folk, if you recall. Uh, Talendil, for those who are watching, was a ranger you met near Fornost, uh, who, as you were traveling through the ruins of Fornost, was severely and grievously wounded to the point where, like, his back was, was in, was in terrible condition. And then Marimben was his estranged wife, uh, who had taken, like, this, this pledge of vengeance for their daughter who was killed by trolls. And so you, you encountered her up near Mount Gram. Uh, and you convinced her to come home with you. And last you heard they were reconciling and that they were, uh, they had kind of moved away from the town some more and kind of found a place within the Chetwood to sort of settle in some ways, like a retirement home for rangers. Uh, so why don't you go, uh, yeah, you head on out there. Um, I don't, I don't want to do any roles for this. Uh, so yeah, you, you'll, you'll get directed there either by, by Oswald or by at least Briar Cleave, the the lumberjack woman you saved uh, long ago, and yeah, you find that there is this, for lack of a better word, like a like a cabin out here. You can you smell and you know from the distance you you can smell some kind of uh, fire burning a little bit, as if um, and you like when you when you get a little closer, you can see like there's there's smoke coming out of a chimney. Uh, it's it's an unfinished home, but it looks to be in progress. There's a lot of like logs and other beams that have been set aside here. And uh, as you as you pass by, you can see that there's been some felled trees, and you can see there's signs of these berry bushes and such. And there's a stream that kind of runs nearby. It's a quite quite a nice spot that they've found, uh, but it's deep in these woods, uh, and which you know are not without danger. Uh, but for two rangers, uh, veteran rangers at that. 
It's probably not too too dangerous for them. But you you show up, and we'll say the first who sees you is is Talendil, and okay. he, yeah, he steps away from what looks like he's been in chopping wood, and you can tell he's still moving very slowly, and he's got a terrible limp, and he's actually as he kind of smiles and waves. You can see he he flips the the woodsman's axe down a bit and almost starts using it as a cane before kind of stumbling, muttering some kind of curse that you can't hear at the distance. He drops it, picks up what looks like an actual cane, and begins sort of moving in your direction. And he sees, Now there is a face I have not seen in some time. How are you, Arinil? Uh, Talendil, it is uh, very good to... Very good to see you again. I uh, travel long, I've much to tell you. I am keen to listen. Marimben is is off hunting right now. She'll she'll return by nightfall and we can have a proper meal and a sit down. We can, can catch up. You can tell me everything everything that's befallen you and yours. Excellent. I'm glad to see you are looking better than the last time I saw you. Well, my my recovery continues, though I'm I've been told by uh, by Alcott, the sweet Miss Sweetroot, who's been was treating him last time you saw. I've been told by Alcott that I will likely have a limp for the rest of my time, and that the scars are more or less healed at this point. I'm not going to beat anyone in a foot race, but I can move about and hustle as needed. But as you can see, I can get more than enough done with what limitations I have. I will not be ranging too far, I would imagine, without the aid of horse or pony, but I, uh, I have once again practiced, and he kind of nods over in the corner, and you can see, like, there's like this little archery setup that he has, and you can see his sword is there. I have, I have discovered that muscle memory is a thing. That is what uh, Alcott refers to it as. And grabbing my sword and firing the arrows has allowed the blood to course through my veins and allowed what once was very stiff to become more malleable again. I might I've not be what I once some, was. I've actually done some training with the bow and sword since we last saw, so perhaps we could do a bit of sparring before I take my leave again. <laughs> I would be happy to, though I am sure you have far surpassed me, uh, this old man. And you can tell he looks older. Like You can tell the last year has been difficult on him. Uh, gray as become the most dominant color in his hair he's you can tell he's he's maintained he doesn't have like a scraggly beard but he's not necessarily shaving every day but you can see like little stubble of gray as well uh he looks better but you can tell he looks older like he's moving about much better and he doesn't look to have like kind of a hunch anymore uh and it looks like he's been sleeping as well uh and last time you saw him you know that he was he was kind of struggling with that yeah. And Arrhenial will sort of offer her arm as they sort of walk back towards the the cabin to go indoors. Uh, sure. Um, we'll say at a certain point, Marimben returns. You 
brings back what looks like some conies. And she's uh, she's actually looking quite literally just better. Uh, you can tell that there's color that's kind of come back to her skin. Like, remember, she was very pale and gray, uh, kind of from her time up north. Um, you can still, like, you can still see behind the eyes that there's, like, anger and sadness that's kind of pooled. The reservoir is not empty by any stretch. Uh, but it doesn't seem to the surface as much as it once was. And more than once, like, during the course of your dinner, there is a fondness that you can see between them. Like when they exchange a utensil or something like that, a hand lingers. Uh, you can tell that there's there's a rekindling somewhat of their uh, of their relationship. Um, but she tells you how she's been she's been taking up you know ranging to that kind of a almost ranging through the Chetwood to the edge of the marshes. Um, she's had some encounters here and there, uh, some creatures in the marsh. She says. Uh, undead, these drowned figures she's seen shambling. Doesn't seem to get too close, and she's taken, she's had more than one run-in with them. A troll or two, which she admits probably, re, you know, reignited some of her anger and kind of sent her down a kind of a, a hole for like a week or two, but mm-hmm. uh, goblins very few, but wolves aplenty. Yeah. Definitely, definitely so. And usually she's able to dissuade them as opposed to have to kill them outright. And you can tell that she has some semblance of appreciation for those creatures. Uh, and Irina will share kind of, you know, all of how, how west we've gone and our run-ins with wolves and the whole sure. rest of the the path. And, and also specifically kind of sharing how... Um, members of uh, my some of my traveling companions have also suffered from shadow and seen even more of the effects because she was really kind of our first interaction with someone that had suffered from shadow and now there's even Mm. more folks that have succumbed somewhat to those effects yeah I mean she was very far down the curse of vengeance track mechanically speaking and you've you've helped her recover some of that not all of it uh, mm. as you can tell it still kind of lingers and it seems though she has kind of come to terms with some of that to a degree uh, but in a quiet moment when she's not around Talendil will you know talk to you about moments where she kind of he can hear her you know, sobbing and not wanting to show that to him and or when she's kind of using some of their sparring setups, their like their practice setups, like where she just goes a little too hard sometimes on like the the wooden dummies that they use to kind of practice forms, and how sometimes he worries when she goes out ranging without him, uh, even though these these lands are far less dangerous than the ones that she had spent the previous years in, uh, but nonetheless, she does seem to be much much better than the last you've seen she's become they both become somewhat friendly with Elise Briarcleave the woodcutter uh she she comes by she delivers news uh they they visit Oswald from time to time uh but they don't really they don't really engage with the towns all that often other than a handful of people and um an Alcott still come you know still meets 
Talondil to check on his wounds and his recovery and his all those types of things. So they're keeping in touch, but they're they're still kind of out on their own. It is not our way to spend our evenings in the town square. And they we... agree, smile, uh, and again the 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 cabin's very modest. Uh, it's nothing. It's it's certainly certainly comfortable for two people, but it's modest. It is very nice to spend time amongst other rangers. We've spent so much time in the mm-hmm. the halls of the dwarves and the cities of the elves. It is, I adore all of my traveling companions. It is also nice to mm. spend some time in the woods, in the quiet. Do you tell them of the ranger community that you encountered and then abandoned uh, near Eskerdale and uh, and like yes. e- and like Evendim? You do. Mm-hmm. They will exchange a glance with one another, and like you can tell that they're pondering, and they turn and they look at you and and why, why did you not journey with them, if if it is your your people you seek. Such an opportunity was presented to you, one to be with them and to take on a mantle of leadership. Why did you turn it away? I I allow myself the the moments to ponder time with others, but I always return in my thoughts to the evils that loom and the steps that must be taken to deal with that. And we try to tell the folks that we come across of what we know and how they could be of assistance and they can choose to or they cannot, but settling somewhere is does not appear to be my path. My path is one of peril. And... I, I hope some success. Talendel gets a wry smile, looks to Marimben, and he says, it sounds like someone I once knew. And you can see that she kind of looks at him. And a year ago, perhaps she would have gotten angry, but you can tell like a little bit of a smile cracks on her lips as well. Uh, but nonetheless, they say, Don't deny yourself time with others. Yours does not have to be a lonely existence. We come from a line of people, kings, kingdoms, communities. There is nothing that replaces this. There is nothing that fills the void of kinship. Duty is important, but it is not all. Is there why I seek out these moments of camaraderie when they the opportunity arises? And so. she'll sort of 
you know, imagine she sort of has a drink and she'll sort of set it down and just say, and, uh, you know, and enough of, 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 of those things. I propose a contest and so she'll kind of try to get them up and active and, you know, sure. like, yeah, okay. We kind of did the feeling. And, things. Yeah. And the serious like, conversation <laughs> will fade. You'll get into this sort of gamesmanship and things like that. And we'll fade from that scene then. And we will open up on another. Uh, who else is uh, doing so? We've had stuff from Floyd and Arineal, Gilly or Sorendir. Is there anything you're looking to do during your rest time? Sorendir wouldn't be doing too much. Uh, he doesn't really know anyone in Bree. Uh, he, he's not really the social type either. I imagine he'd be uh, yeah, hanging out in the Prancing Pony during like the least active hours, like two to four-ish and that's where he'd try to get his meals i'm sure he'd be complaining like for more vegetables or uh more fresh leafy greens uh, and then only drinking water as well uh, okay um sure uh, we don't have roll, to role play it that's fine roll a d12 for me roll like a uh, roll a, a feet die uh four okay um yeah while you're there you can tell that the sort of the big news or the, the main conversation is that there is apparently a, a fall, a, a kind of a fairly small family of homesteaders um, who once lived along the Greenway, like off to the sort of the, the northernish, uh, excuse me, uh, south, southern side of, um, of the Great East Road. Uh, it kind of weaves its way down through the South Downs and such. Uh, but there's apparently a, a family of homesteaders who have arrived uh, and they're kind of at the pony here and there and they're looking for refuge um, and they they're they're getting they're not necessarily getting immediate help from anybody like you can see as they're trying to sort of beg for 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 a little bit of food a little bit of water things like that from uh, from others here and while the innkeeper is certainly providing some water and some basic food, you don't really see people falling over themselves to, to kind of help these people. Uh, that's the same direction that our merchant friends were going, right? That is correct. Alarker and Alina. They're heading down to Tharbad, which uh, they would be taking the Greenway South. I, I would do my best to try and connect the two groups, safety and numbers, if they can travel together. Uh, it might be easier on both sides. Okay. Uh, when you introduce yourself to these new, these these homesteaders, it's a, again, small family, we'll say about six people in total, uh, three different generations. Uh, they, they're fairly cautious, especially around an elf, which is something of a sight to them. And you can see the young ones, like the children are kind of looking up at you and, you know, without any amount of bashfulness, just staring at you. And like, you can see them whisper to each other about your ears and things like that. And they're trying, you know, like the mother is turning around or the grandmother is turning around to try to get them to behave and such. Uh, they are nonetheless uh, looking up at you. Very adorable, uh, dirty. And you can also get, when you, when you speak with the, with the parents, you can, you get this um, sense of like, they smell like they smell like smoke. And they explain to you that, their homestead was burnt down like someone like it was it was basically sacked and they tell you that there was a 
bandits of some kind. They they don't think it you know they don't they know it wasn't you know orcs or or or, or goblins or anything like that, but just some sort of band of just ne'er do wells uh, that have been kind of traveling here and there, accosting merchants along the road, um, have been robbing some of these homesteads that are not within kind of Bree Rorden radius, not that they're particularly useful to begin with, and they've kind of been accosting them for coin and such. Uh, did you already say where they were coming from, where the bandits were? Uh, they don't know for sure, but uh, the family has a homestead along the Greenway to the south on the east side near the South Downs, and the bandits themselves have been accosting travelers on that southern route between Bree that weaves all the way down to Tharbad. Uh, and in addition to accosting travelers, they've been hitting some of the homesteads that are outside the radius of like Bree Warden coverage. Uh, well, unfortunately we are headed a different direction, so we cannot give them protection. I would, uh, go up to their leader and, uh, assuming after we've like already introduced and talked to each other a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, I would tell him, it may be dangerous but I believe that you can see your people through. And I want you to know that you go with the blessing of at least one elf of London. And I will reach up to my neck and I will take off my expensive elven cloak that I got for Merennial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will uh, put it around him. May this protect you from cold weather. And if need be, sell it take the coin and get your people to safety. He takes it. He, he, he looks at you and they, they like, he's been speaking with you, but at the same time you can tell like interactions with elves carry with them a certain level of uncertainty and they're kind of ner- nervous around you, but doing their best, especially in the face of what they've had to deal with. And so the mother and the father, they kind of like look to master elf. You, you honor us. We, we, we came here for, for help, for charity, for anything. We thought we might find it amongst those who call Bree home. We would never have thought to find it amongst the elven kind. I, I thank you. You are. Yes, we will. We will persevere. We will. We will find a way of find a home. And you can see that they feel like, like there's kind of like a, they're enheartened, you could say, uh, at, at this. As you kind of wander off uh, after sort of departing the conversation, like you overhear like the, the, the adults, the, the parents and like the grandmother kind of conversing and they're debating whether to do, as you said, sell this to be able to, to purchase a lot here or somewhere in town or maybe to return and rebuild. And so you're not sure exactly what they're going to do, but they nonetheless uh, seem to be in, in far better, uh, far better care or in far better spirits 
when you left them. Uh, and uh, in terms of like, like as you leave, um, the names they uh, they give you is uh, the Brutal Marks uh, is the name of the family. I'm not going to go ahead and give you every single name of the NPC. What was that? We'll say the the Brutal Marks. Brutal Marks. Mm-hmm. So you have a name to check in on next time. And go find the graves of the people that you. Oh no! Okay. That I now made targets because they have a fancy elven cloak. Because now they're going to be like, "Oh, can't pay the protection racket, but you can get yourself a fancy elvish cloak." Oh, (laughs) pew pew. Uh, Okay. Uh, And then Gilly, what have you been doing this week and a half here? Um, Gilly has been spending her time between being at home with her parents and um, visiting Oswald Breaker. Okay. Uh, and when she's with Oswald, basically she's almost frantically copying down her notes from her book so he can have a copy as well. And then she also had spent the time to make these really beautiful portraits of Sorendir, Arenial, Floy, and herself, her fellowship, so oh, that wow. it's included with with the um their adventures. Something to remember them by. Yeah, because she's terrified they're not going to come back. <laughs> okay, so when you when you meet him, he's he's very pleased to see you. Uh, he's also very excited. Uh, yeah. he, he's like, uh, you know, very happy that you have returned. And remember, this is a man who has been very is known as a, as a kind of a grumpy recluse. Uh, he's a, a widow. He has not mm-hmm. been the same since his wife passed. And he lives on the edge of town. You do notice that, um, like he's he's got like pock marks on his face that you don't recall, and on his hands and such. And he mm-hmm. kind of he was he was sick all throughout spring. Apparently, he had some sort oh. of some sort of pox. But uh, but Alcott nursed him through. Uh, and you can also tell when you arrive that his home has been repaired. Uh, so all mm-hmm. finally, all the damage that he has suffered from the Rudar Hill folk did to his library and to his house has finally been repaired. Uh, and what he's really excited about, in addition to seeing you, is that he recently purchased some new volumes, some 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 volumes from merchants that came out of the east. And oh. he starts telling you about them, and you realize, like, it's it's Ignar and Mer. It's the same people you yeah. met on the road uh, that kind of delivered this. And because he's like, it's the ones who uh, the ones who are you you gave the message to me last time. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So. Um, so he's very, very, he hasn't had a chance, um, but he knows that they are apparently about history, uh, misty mountains, things like that. Uh, it seems to be about that, that area. Uh, and so there's like a good, there's like a whole like stack of like these seven books and a whole bucket filled with scrolls mm-hmm. that he's very curious he'd into. And he also tells you that he's, he's begun writing a volume, uh, that he hopes, uh, to collect the the histories and tales of men from the northern kingdoms, and so he's he's kind of for go, as you're sort of you know copying your notes, he's sort of mm-hmm. showing you what he's accomplished thus far. Nothing new that you haven't already gotten, but he's like some yeah. of your tales, the information. He's trying to he's trying to kind of recreate some of the volumes that he lost to the mm-hmm. uh, to the hill folk when they when they kind of destroyed some and took some that kind of thing. Uh, but it is a it is a fair time with him. As for your parents, uh, they are delighted to see you. Your mother is extraordinarily upset that you're talking about leaving once more. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, your dad and you, uh, you smoke the night away. Yep. You look out on the, the slopes of, of, of Coombe and Bree and you see the livestock and the sun setting in the west. And uh, it is a very raunchy smell wafting down from the porch of the kettle grasses. <laughs> uh, that is for sure. Uh, passersby speak of it uh, and not kindly. So dank. Yes, it is super dank at the Kettlegrass uh, household, for sure. Uh, okay. Um, but it's kind of awkward, too, because Gilly's trying to not let on about how nervous she is about the the next trip. She's trying to keep it normal. But, mm-hmm. like, her mom knows it's not normal. And, uh, yeah. But she doesn't confront her about it. Okay. So we'll say again, montage, a week and a half go by. You engage with your, your fair. Okay. I mean, I am keeping tabs on this on the, on the time. We're going to say it was like 11 days, I think it was. So about a week and a half. Reniel okay. and Floyd. Reniel is going to wrangle Floyd to go see Marge before we go. Oh, God. <laughs> we did make a okay. promise. Keep our promises. All right. So you visit Marge Oakstout, mother of Sorry, Hollis Sorry, Floyd, Oakstout. I sort of spoke for you that I wrangled you in your crafting skills. You've got so, to, we promised, Floyd. We did promise, and you haven't come through yet. Okay. Who exactly? Remember when we rescued the guy and we said that we'd take care of his mom? And you haven't the last two times, and you're the one with the crafting skill. I guess we'll take a look. You knock on the door of Marge Oakstout's home in the East Row neighborhood of Bree. She still lives alone. <laughs> you can tell immediately as you're going to go through the front gate of the garden that definitely some of the paint has started to chip uh, on that on the, the front gate. You can see as you go and you kind of ring this little bell at her door that it, it seems fairly tarnished, like it hasn't been swiped and clean. You can see spider webs that have started to form on the underhang of a of the porch. You hear a shuffling and creaking of floorboards on the other on the other side of the door as it opens up, and there is Marge Oakstyle in all her glory, uh, elder woman with scraggly hair, kind of tucked away behind cloth. She kind of every now and then kind of. Know, blows a, a bit of air up to kind of get it out of her face. It's matting to her forehead. Uh, and she's like, Hello? Yes, Who's Mrs. Oakstout. I don't want any. I'm not Mrs. buying anything. No, no, Mrs. Oakstout, we're not we're not here selling anything. I, perhaps you remember mm-hmm. uh I'm a Rineal. I was here last time with a You're hobbit. the one who broke my cupboards. I remember you. You were supposed to fix my cupboards, and you made them worse. I, I believe that we made some some improvements last time we were here. I, I believe's my... got nothing to do with it. You, my dwarf friend, is with this time, and he is quite the master craftsman. That's no dwarf. That's just a very fat and short man. Now get yes. up in here and clean my cupboards. You are. So glad that you always have uh, some, some some tasks. Have you uh, have you heard any word from Hollis recently? My son, 
Still outcasts. Not that you lot have done anything about it other than come here and ruin my home. The ancestral home of the Oak Stouts, mind you, where I raised my poor son all on me own because his father was a drunken louse who died getting kicked in the face by a pony. I think. I don't remember. It was one of those story. One of those ferny horses. A terrible criminal living across the street. The fernies. You don't see the Bree Wardens doing anything about them, but oh no, my son makes one tiny error, and now we can never forget it. Now the Oak Stout name, once a proud and modest name, is now rancid and filled with disorder. Well, wow, these stories are always sad when you uh, when you tell them to us, Marge, but we did give I our word to Hollis. walked right up. Just last month, to the reeve called Pickthorn, and I said, You let my son back in, you nitwit. And he looked down at me, and he said, I don't know who you are. So you know what I did to him? I spit right in his face, and I said, Oh, Marge Oakstown, and now you're always going to remember me as the woman who spit in your eye. I, you know, I, I have those tendencies to want to spit in people's eyes as well. I have, I've been trying to work on uh, other ways to, to, to get, uh, to have conversations and kind of have folks do the things that I would prefer them you to do. You talk I've... too much. There's couples that are broken. They need fixing. The doors don't close properly. These floorboards here creak. I'll think a few of them are split, and there's all sorts of different vomit coming up from underneath. Now let's go get to it. If your friend is in fact a dwarf, then I shall expect an immaculate re- resurrection of my home. Well then, everybody else, she's as lovely as you described her. I, <laughs> I'd rather just get to work and keep this promise and be done with it. Enough romance in there, little man. I've been married before. Lovely isn't going to get you out of work. Get going. Hustle now. And I'll just spend some time. Do some easy desserts. crafting. <laughs> I love this woman. I know. Okay. Uh, Floyd, roll a craft test at minus two dice. Okay. We have oodles of dice, Floyd, if you would I'm like. I'm favored. Extra and dice. I'll be rolling two extra pips, so that's fine. And I and I can help as well. No, you're too busy telling stories. That's right. <laughs> okay, I'll just take the bonus from Bill. You think you can romance me <laughs> my age? <laughs> uh, just regular success. Okay, I prefer a, a taller man, not one like you. <gasps> um. <laughs> uh, okay, so you do manage to. Uh, to fix her cupboards, uh, you can tell that whoever did this last time, boy, they did a pretty terrible job of making sure the hinges are opening and closing properly. You can you can see why she's actually quite angry because the doors aren't closing properly, and there's all sorts of dust that's accruing on the insides here and there, and the floorboards. Oh my goodness, there's these huge gaps. Whoever tried to, to kind of replace and repair did a horrible job of kind of calculating the fact that during different parts of the year, the wood's going to swell and retract and 
My goodness, this is actually shameful craftsmanship, Floyd. Whatever fools did this work, <laughs> they should never, ever be allowed to work without a, a proper craftsman around to, to mentor them. Sure, sure, sure. Floyd, right. is, Floyd is kind enough to keep all of these thoughts to himself, I'm sure. Is he? Is he? <laughs> I make a comment or two while I'm working. Like, this is terrible. And so at the end, when you're done, she'll come around and she'll expect it. And she's like, huh. You call yourself a dwarf? This is, it's competent, I suppose. But I could have gotten five or six different fellows down from the pony who could have come here and done it as well. Huh, what am I paying you for? You're, you're not. That's, that's. You're darn right I'm not. Not with this kind of shoddy craftsmanship. Now, I've got a full list be here tomorrow at dawn, and all we can get to work on the on the rear rooms, and don't get me started on what needs to be done in the garden. Ah, uh, yes, M- Miss Oakstar, we are actually uh, on our way out again. Oh, we here we to go come by again. When we're here, and we, we keep our promise, but we... We are off again. Oh... Sure, sure, abandon me. That's fine. Go right ahead. Don't have my own son here. Still haven't done anything to make sure he comes back into town, so leave me all alone. But now that's fine. Do the bare minimum. Yep, that's what you all do. Right, heroes you are. And Arineal has sort of learned to just sort of walk out as she's talking, and so it's just like, yep, yep, Miss Soaks out. It was so uh, good to see you again. We will see you. Uh, all, uh, all the good tidings that we will be back to see you again and keep working on that list, uh, next time is walking out the door or walking towards the gate. Dawn tomorrow. Close the door. <laughs> the bell rings with the force of it. Okay. Um, we don't necessarily have to play it out, but could I try to do, a? courtesy or something just to see if we could try to put in a good word for kind of how long this exile has lasted trying to do that is more than just a simple role if you wanted to do that 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 actually that's a whole separate undertaking that wouldn't just be a quick and easy role all right okay maybe next time uh yeah Uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh so next time okay so then if there's nothing else couple questions then uh, as we're going to dive into the journey as you are now kind of more than midway through September in route and you know before you, you take on your journey uh, I realized last time I had put the X in the wrong spot uh, for where you were going so I've went ahead and I've cleared the uh, I've cleared the actual map so you can kind of redraw uh, the Othran Gull site, remember, is in the mountains of Angmar. Uh, I had totally put it in the wrong place. It's my bad. But it's fixed now. Uh, so a few things. We're going to figure out where, what route you're going to take. And then the question is, is you have allies around here. Uh, do you, you know, I, I mean, Arenial, like, you are at, you know, you are at dinner with, with two rangers, and both of whom they have probably in a quiet moment without letting the other know you know, express that they're more than happy to journey with you if you if you think you need reinforcements. So do you get any help? Do you bring any of your ponies with you? Uh, Gilly, your parents were probably taking care of, uh, of, of Beat, uh, or excuse me, of Root. I do it all the time. Uh, so 
What's the plan? Um, would like go ahead. Our allies, or to get those allies. So and- there's Talon, Dylan, Marinben. Those are those are rangers uh, that you have in town um, that could potentially come with you. Um, Hollis Oakstout is a former Bree Warden who lives within the uh, Midgewater Marshes. He's the one with the two dogs. Um, and then there's Elise Briarcleave, who is a capable woodcutter, but not necessarily a soldier in her own right. So those are the four around around Bree and Coombe that you would have any real I you know thought of these being people who could possibly come with you. Uh, Thorvim Thebe are far to the south, um, south of south of Tharbad. They're the ones who were with you last time. Uh, everybody else you know, like Rosa and Meadow, Old Buck and Alcott, so we, these are all kind of older folks or people who you wouldn't think would be be good for a a trip. <laughs> Aw, Chuck gave Melissa only bits. Yay, birthday bits. Very nice. Thanks, man. How many points uh, to make the players roll an Eye of Sauron? They're just going to cheat anyway and say they didn't roll one because that's all they ever do now. <laughs> I, I swear, if you see pre-physical dice, post-physical dice, the amount of Gandalfs that were rolled, it skews pretty heavily. All right. So those. So that anyway, that's I would say those are probably the people that you would be most likely to try to recruit. How far south? Is that the dwarves were? Oh, they're they're towards the Dunelands and the sort of like they're up on the Misty Mountains, southern side, on the opposite side of where Isengard is and everything. So they're they're pretty far away. It would it would be a month's travel just to get there. Okay, then just Merimem and Talendil, probably the best option here. Okay. Yeah, maybe maybe all of us would go and have a conversation with them. Yeah, sort of like agree to. Yeah, um, I don't think you would have to pull uh, pull their leg too much. You can you you probably got the sense of Renil that they were while they were here and doing fine. They at the same time you can tell that they were probably chomping at the bit to do more. Uh, Talendale, you can tell is is certainly moving better. He's slower. You probably want to make sure the ponies are are with you know just in case he ever needs to. So he does doesn't have to carry too much. It's a long journey. Marimben looks quite good shape it's less about her physical it's more about the mental with her when you get kind of get close and what's going to happen but but if you speak with them they'll be they will not turn it down i think sorendir would express some hesitation on recruiting more people to this cause uh we know that it will be a tough journey a difficult quest and it would be on our heads if we bring people in and they do not return I I can understand that concern. We have gone we have gone far with our few numbers and had some successes. I I always I'm always fearful for what happens if we are not successful. And I I, I do not like to think in sacrifice, but if we can inform select individuals 
and make sure that they are aware of the danger, they could make a choice to support us or not. I do not disagree, but perhaps instead of requesting they join us, we tell them where they where we are going and they can choose on their own. I see. A slightly different approach. So Though Arineal think- definitely is asking. <laughs> <laughs> that's the case if you ask them <laughs> yeah you do not there's no role necessary this isn't this doesn't even yeah. require a check they would after what you've done for them and just knowing who they are they will they would undoubtedly come with you Maribem, your your knowledge of the areas through which we will travel is is priceless she nods and she says we have languished here there's a war at hand the people in Coombe and Bree in these villages are oblivious to it it is time that we return to the fight you can see Talendil you know less as he's not as um I was excited to do so. It's more the duty of it all. And he looks at you and he says, What Marin Ben says is true. Beyond that, you have aided us greatly. And if we can return that favor now, and in doing so, increase the chances of success for your, your mission... And, uh, we would be fools to decline. You may count us amongst your fellowship. We are forever grateful. And to my companion's point, I do believe you are aware that we may leave of six and not return as such. They both kind of smile at that. They say, we are rangers of the north. Loss is in our blood. We do not need to be reminded of it, and it will not ward us off from aiding you. But thank you, and Elf, thank you as well. So... You've got two more. Does that suffice? We have our own rules for using it. You guys remember, well, we'll get into that when the time comes. We'll, we'll get back into that. Such, you know, We have our own little homebrew rules for how NPCs function in fights and things like that. But anything else that you all want to do in, in Bree before we set out? I hope you all are nervous. By the yeah. Oh, I am so nervous. <laughs> Very like, I'm out. sick to my stomach, nervous. To make the travels for winter, I want these furs to actually be put to use. I'm going to get fur coats and stuff for everyone. Excellent. Okay. Right, right, right. Excellent. I was going to say, I could use a second cloak, so. 
<laughs> yeah, Reno, you do notice, by the way, that Sorendir's cloak is gone. Like, he's still got the one from, you know, he's got the clasp and everything from, from mm. Lady Ortolos, but the one that you got him, he doesn't seem to be... Hmm. It's curious. You are... I know the weather is getting cooler, and you don't seem to have your second. Uh, no, the weather got cooler. I, I needed to start a fire. And then I'll you... walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Such a son of a bitch. Um, would we be able to... Um, and so I'll, I'll kind of float this idea to the group. Um, we did uh, Gilly... Uh, uh, you 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 missed out this visit on our uh, visit to March. Oh yeah, totally, totally <laughs> meant to go there. Floyd, I must Floyd, have missed the memo. Floyd did a much better job than we. I He's, mean, master craftsman. Indeed, uh, he uh, is much more successful than we were. I, it, it appears that Hollis is still exiled. Um, might we want to try to gather Hollis and see if he might be willing, given his continued exile state? It could be a good point for him to return. Proof of his good deeds. Marge, Marge went the direction of attempting to uh, spit in the eye of one of the other wardens and that she was surprised that that uh, tactic was ineffective at regaining his status. She's such a pleasant woman. She's And Angela just kind of shakes her head because I imagine you like caught her while she's in the garden. So she's like ripping up carrots and stuff as you're talking. She's getting dirt everywhere and she wipes it off on her her shirt and she's like well I guess we should get Hollis now rather than later see if he wants to go it's been it's been a while since we traveled in the marsh do you mind seeing those hounds of his again okay uh, so this one actually will take a roll because uh, it's not easy to find him well uh, I figured so- we'd meet up with that one lady who's usually his contact first yeah but finding him is different True. than them having a meetup. Uh, so if you're looking, and that's what she'll sort of explain, is that they meet every fortnight, uh, kind of where yeah. you know where the where the where the marshes kind of overlap a bit with the Chetwood here and there, because she does not like going into the marshes at all. They are a very very frightening place. Uh, mm-hmm. yet somehow he has found his own home there. Um, However, uh, why don't you, Arineal, go ahead and roll like an explore test, maybe, uh, if you want to try to find him. Uh, and if Gilly's there, you can go ahead and take uh, a bonus die for that. Sweet. All right. Uh, so that is favored, and that's four with the extra. So let's see what that does. <laughs> I really need to take a picture because you're so not going to believe me, but it's a candle. No additional successes, though. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So uh, you do eventually find him. Uh, you actually get a little nervous at a certain point as mm-hmm. you and Gilly, uh, and if anybody else went, you're kind of wading through sort of this thick marsh, and it's getting dark, and you have a tendency to kind of get stuck and mired down in this, obviously. 
And uh, you know, at night is when more of the dangers begin to come out because you do know there is there are trolls that sometimes pass through here. There are goblins, mm-hmm. and now you've heard this talk of some sort of drowned, shambling, like old dead, like wandering through. And you've heard this story before a couple times now. Yeah. And one of the things that he has been doing is sort of being a warden of this place in some way and sort of funneling information to Elise to alert the guards and things like that. And as the sun's going down, it's not fully down, uh, but it's nearly setting. You find yourselves kind of caught up in this very dark, uh, dark little stretch and there's brush every direction and you suddenly hear yourselves surrounded. You can see like the shaking of the bush off to the east, the shaking of the bush kind of off to the south. And you you can feel like all of you kind of get your weapons out, you're ready to go. And then suddenly bursting through the brush, you can see Hooper and Quint, and they're kind of just like like loping and jumping over the dogs of Hollis. And they kind of come, you know, like you, it looks at first like maybe they're charging at you uh, as if they're going to hurt you. But then like one of them just leaps up at Rineal, the one that you kind of gave a, a treat to so many uh, about a year ago and just kind of tackles you down and you get, you fall down, get covered in mud and sludge as they just kind of roll over top of you. Uh, the other one will say Quint comes up to you, Gilly, uh, and just is kind of there kind of sniffing and sniffing as if they recognize. And then you hear a a, came prepared with mm-hmm. some treats. And then you hear coming out from kind of a different brush and you didn't even see him actually, even though again, you all are very good but you didn't even see him and you can see kind of decked in what looks like he's got, like he's like matted some leaves and twigs and other things onto his onto some sort of cloak that he's made himself you see the the visage of of Hollis Oakstout he has aged 5 years in the last year uh he looks old and you can tell his skin has suffered greatly from living in the marshes uh He's got what looks like a short bow and a big old staff, and he's got a short blade he has tucked into his waist. And he says, uh, he kind of calls out, Okay, Hooper, Quint, down, boys, down. Come on, give her a kiss. You're going to drown her. We'll just get off, 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 or you get no dinner. And all of a sudden, Hooper just jumps off. Well, look who comes to visit good to see you Hollis Ranger Hobbit Hello. are Floy and Soren deer here yeah considering we're going to request this guy's help might mm-hmm. as well all show up yeah I, I'd never actually met Hollis mm-hmm. so I'd want to go and see okay. what everyone's talking about Master Dwarf and is this uh, is this your elf friend that Elise has told me about Indeed it is, and Arrhenia will do introductions. I can't say I've ever had the acquaintance of an elf before. Not many of your kind in the marshes. Most likely I am the only one, yes. Indeed. Indeed. Well, come on, come on, supper's on. I promised the dog something good. Let's go, let's go. Before it gets too dark, you know, mm-hmm. the, all of the corpses come shambling. And he leads you to where he's leading. 
Yeah. And he leads you to a completely different place. It's not like, remember you last time you met him, there was that huge fallen tree that he was kind of living within. Mm-hmm. And instead he leads you to what looks like a place you've never seen before. And it kind of gives you vibes, Floyd and, and Gilly and Arineal of the sunken keep that you had encountered in the gullies of Rudaur, because you can see what looks like built up stone, like Mm -hmm. blocks and ruins. Like there was a building here. You can't tell what it is. It's so old there. there, It's completely covered over and kind of vines and sludge and swamp grass and all sorts of things. And he kind of leads you up uh, this kind of broken stair to this level, like this kind of second level platform where he's kind of set up his own camp. And he's like, uh, the, uh, the last camp got overrun. Uh, this one, this one gives us better oil lines. And we've got traps all along the north, all along the south there, the east. Mm. Constantly moving is our plan. We've been here uh, better part of a month now. Mm. And we'll move on again before winter. So... What brings you out here to uh, the marshes? Certainly not a social call. Uh, I'm afraid not. Uh, we have a rather large task to ask of you. My mother, she's dead. That's why you're here, isn't it? Uh, no, Arenial and Floyd just visited her not long ago. She's a... And she looks at Arenial. She is... She's still spitting in folks' eyes. <laughs> That's me, Mum. That's me, Mum, indeed. Oh, goodness. To feel the warmth of her spit in your eye, that brings me back to childhood. I'll tell you, she just... Uh, That's the only way she knew how to motivate you to complete your chores. Even when you completed them, she'd spit in your eye and say, you have more to do. And... You know, we probably did. Probably did. So, uh, what's the task, then? We're heading north. Um. You want me to guide you through the marshes? I mean, we would love your guidance, but we were hoping you would go all the way north with us. Uh, north where? My notes aren't open. What is this place called? Misty Mountains. Uh, well, the Misty Mountains is to the east. Uh, you're going to the Angmar, or the mountains of Angmar, which are basically like, so the the, the Misty Mountains run basically uh, north south uh, along mm-hmm. the edge of Eriador, and then uh, towards the towards the northern edge of them, right around where Mount Gundabad is, they kind of veer off west, and those are kind of the mountains of Angmar. Uh, the mountains of Angmar. Kind of looks at you, puzzled. Where the hell's that? Um, and and she kind of explains like what you just explained about how it's past like Mount Graham, uh, a little bit. Where the hell's that? <laughs> uh, past the Rudauer. What the hell's a Rudauer? Like a rutabaga? No. Uh, it's just not really inhabited. And sh- and then at that point, Gilly just like gets her her she's just like and she gets her notes out 
And because she had like a kind of crude map that she mm-hmm. drew up mm-hmm. with Oswald. And she's like, okay, so we're here and we need to go all the way up here. But it'll be a very perilous journey. I mean, going to sleep at night is a is a peril for for the three of us. We've gotten Which, ambushed more than mm-hmm. once in the past few months. What's uh not to be crass, but well what's in it for me? I've been spending the past year guarding the backside of of people who ostracized me, kicked me out, and won't let me see my mum. Now you're asking me to put my life on the line again, continuously, even more than I already have. I don't... don't realize the danger that's already at their back door that you've been dealing with and unfortunately more information is needed to to open their eyes to this and it's a perilous journey and we've been tasked by Lady Otolos who the hell's that? she's uh and, and like Gilly's just struggling through this because there's yeah. so much background information that he just has no idea about. He's a country bumpkin. Like, yeah. you know. And so, and she's like, she's, she's a lady of power. And I presume maybe we could ask her for her assistance in getting you good word to return to town. Uh, I don't know if and Gilly would believe. And she's looking at Sorendir at this yeah. point. Like, is that something we could do? Sorendir, you'd be like, what the hell? Sorendir would look at Gilly kind of and then turn to Hollis. Like a letter of recommendation? Hollis. <laughs> we, we have barely met, but I can see that you are a man of reason and you make valid points. And then he'll turn oh. to the rest of the group. We should go. I... And Aridia will kind of just step up and just say, I we we believe that you have been done wrong and it does not appear that efforts to convince the Bree Wardens are likely to occur anytime soon or be successful anytime soon. You know, as you've been out here, that there have been... There's been growing shadow. And we are a small number of us attempting to to do something about this. And we are hopeful that... If we can inform individuals who are aware and believe that there is danger, our number could grow and we could have more success. All right. Arineal, roll. Uh, you can choose. I, I can't tell if that's more in heart or awe. 
Uh, it's one of those two, I would say, as you're trying to kind of inspire, I think. So it sounds like you're trying to win him to your cause through inspiration. Uh, so I would say either one of those is fine with me. Okay, I will... Hmm. I'm sure someone with a better sense of math would know which is better. I'm going to go with awe because it's favored. That seems to be better. And then yeah. I will take uh, one of the... These sixes, so that I've got two pips that I'm rolling. Zoro's calling you out. Roll that game. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. That's very unfortunate. Um, that's a fail. Uh, wait. Yes, that's an 11 under 13. I was so hoping you actually would roll another Gandalf. I rolled a one. <laughs> so this yeah. was the appropriate balance to well, you, how things had been rolled. You roll a one, and what else? It's it's favored. Well, it was it was favored, so the other one was a five, and so that's where I get the eleven from. Okay, he turns to you and he's like, "There's a fine words and speech and all that sort of thing, but I'm going to be honest with you, Iridial. Uh, none of that means anything at all. I mean, I'll tell you what, though, if you can." I get back if you can find a way to get me back in the good graces of this, the Bree Wardens and living with me mum. I mean, you can set aside all the flattery words and I'm not looking for treasure or riches or anything like that. I'm just looking for a roof over my head. I think that's too much to ask. This is a tall order. And what you want is we can easily give it to you with you coming or without you coming. So mm. you don't need to follow us. You feel like this quest is too much for you. Uh, Floyd roll a persuade or, uh, yeah, persuade. I think that sounded like to me. All right. I'll take an audience side with this. Okay. Eleven, fourteen. No, I just failed it. Mm. He kind of like just looks around at the group, kind of settles on Gilly and Floyd. And you're asking me to go to a place I don't know, really far away. And you want me to set my life and my dog's life on the line for people who kicked me out and. Well, listen to me, and then you say that you can help me all the way. I'm no hero, and never, never put that idea in anyone's head. And uh, I would be a foolish man to say if you can get that done without me having to travel to the ends of the world and risk my life and all sorts of things, and that would certainly be my preference. Completely understandable. Uh, Gilly, do you say anything? It's the last try. If you want to try something, like Floy and Arineal have failed. I don't know if he would listen yeah. to Sorinder, and it doesn't look like Sorinder does. You know, he, Sorinder he, is kind of in the back of the group, just like I mean, say no, say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. 
Gilly will just... I guess do... I don't, I don't know what this would be, but she'd basically just say, I, I realize now asking you to risk your life is a silly, silly question. Um, anyone with, and she kind of like looks at us with two cents would know that we're probably not coming back from this. And you probably would, but it's a serious task. And... And she just kind of looks in at Sorendir and she just kind of sighs and she's just like, we just would appreciate your help for as much as you'd be willing to give it. If that's just guiding us through the marshes, we'll take it. But and and she just kind of grows quiet and she's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. She's like, I'm still young. I don't, I don't have your knowledge, your life experience, and and we could freely use that. Uh, wow. There's some, there's some emotional guilt manipulation, I think, in there. <laughs> A little bit. But also some flattery at the same time towards the end. <laughs> I think there's a lot of different tactics Gilly was she's feeling. Into. She's feeling a lot of things, and she's that's just kind of like the word vomit. That, yeah, what what yeah, did yeah. you want? What do you want to roll? Get one shot um, at this. The last chance. Uh, I guess either like uh, courtesy or like enhearten or insight. I don't think courtesy makes sense, but I'll take enhearten. You said courtesy makes sense. I said I don't does. think courtesy makes okay. sense here, but Got I think enhearten's okay. Enhearten works. Okay, I can do enhearten. Can I have a dice mo? Yep. That's bad. I got an eight for my D12 and three That's ones. a good roll. An eight for a D12 is great. That's not going to hit it, though. 10, 11, 12, 13, and I need 16. Okay. So he just kind of lets out a sigh, and he's just... Yeah. You can tell he kind of looks... He starts to feel a little guilty about it. But he says, I'm sorry, Miss Kettle Gris, but... I'm, I'm no hero, a world traveler like yourselves, and you all have gone this way and that, and you've lived to tell the tale. Well, the furthest I've been outside is weather talk, a little bit down the Greenway, towards the South Downs, and I made it over to Brandywine once. I'm not much of a traveler. Uh, yeah. I might be uh, a good scrapper here in the marshes, but that's because I know them like the back of my hand. Wherever you're headed, whatever kind of experience and such I have is... Well, I don't think it's going to be useful at all. I think maybe it's best that I'll just stay here and keep keep an eye on the marshes and make sure those shambling creatures of undeath go wander down onto the Great East Road and 
pick apart travelers and such like that. I think that's I think that's the role of I've come to be be good at. And uh, you're probably one that I can I can best well, I can best accomplish and and be a, and be help whatever days I got left. And, and Gilly nods and uh well if we do come back then you can count on us to help you get you a home for you and your mom. Yeah, well, I'm gonna hold you that, Miss Kittlegris. And she just she'll kinda like laugh and reach out and shake his hand. And for what it's worth, I uh I sure hope I'll get to see all of you again. Even you, Miss Elf. Quiet as you might be. My thanks. So, we'll say you spend a little time, you know, you break some break some food, and you kind of play around with the dogs a bit. Eventually, though, you return. And you have your rangers, but you do not have your ex-Bree Warden, nor his hounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, see that's okay. That, that's, that's three allies you could have had right there. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to drag others into the abyss <laughs> with us. Yeah, Sorandir's <laughs> voice was definitely there. Like, if I was going to yeah. get yeah. do it, you know, do another round, it was going to be like we. I promised my companion we were not going to force anyone, so mm-hmm. we will explain the evil, and you can choose to follow or not. And he pulls the arrow out, points that I said, "Well, we're taking the dogs at least." <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, time passes. Uh, you know, another day or two. Uh, hey, Eric W three B, welcome to the chat. Uh, so, uh, you've got your. We'll say you've got your. You know, you've got your resources. You've got your reinforcements with Talon, Dylan, Marimben. You've mm-hmm. got Beat and Root. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you're bringing them both again. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, make sure you note that in your character sheets that will help with travel rolls later, like when you do your fatigue reduction later because you have mounts. Um, so then the next thing is uh, let's set up our journey phase. Uh, so you can see on the map uh, I've is, <laughs> expanded out. It's a ways away. Uh, I'm paying uh, on there. So the map far away. Uh, it's, you know, in good weather, it's a roughly uh, a month's worth of travel. Uh, so, uh, how do you want to go? In targets, exactly. <laughs> For sure. So, I guess the first question is do we want to go fodder. north? <laughs> do we want to go north first? To the north of Weather Hills, or do we want to go around Weathertop to the east of Weather Hills? That's kind of our first choice. So do we either so take- wouldn't explicitly state this, but when we're discussing the route, he would try to uh subtly convince you all to go north first. Uh he he always finds himself drawn to Fornost. Uh so he'd want to go towards that region. And considering um Talendal, like that's was his area. It kind of makes sense for us to to go up there and then branch off. You think? And then basically we can do kind of a, a diagonal from the north end of the Weather Hills, east of Fornost, across over, essentially to Mount Crom. Or do we want to go a little more middle of 
rude hour, middle of nowhere. Didn't we run from like a horde of raised things from Fornost? Yes. In yeah. which when you were inside Fornost. And yeah. then when you when you left the city grounds, like the ruins themselves, they didn't follow you past like the grounds, almost as if they were like kind of bound right. to the ruins. Yeah, I'm not saying we go directly into Fornost. I'm saying like we follow the greenway up. And then the gap in between, we just head on straight over. We are not going like, hey, we should camp in Fornost. I left some unfinished business. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it. Jeff, can you ping on the map if you wouldn't mind where Nadil? Uh, sure. I actually is. put a little marker for it. Uh, thank you, oh, Ashley. Okay. Over there. Far to the east. It's not the most efficient path. Okay. I'm thinking like we branch off here-ish north of the hills yeah you're looking at essentially looking for like a valley effectively between the weather hills and the north downs yeah exactly taking that over into into Rudauer itself and then continuing kind of on a northeast bearing until you you know you you get to the Angmar area yeah so okay you want to draw it Ashley then uh, I can't. Just draw it basically from perfect. There you go. Well. Again, it's approximate. It. We don't have to be too, you know, exact with it. But I, I kind of get a gist of where you're going. Yeah, looks about yeah. right. Long's it doesn't, on it. Yeah, it doesn't look like that path has any like, impassable terrain. So yeah, try and keep to fine. some tree cover while we can and then mm-hmm. to those horrible. Yeah, so the plans. way I interpret it is with trees, it's like. If the draw, if they're drawn on the map, I consider it like a proper forest, and like it's it's thick. If they're not drawn on the map, doesn't mean there's no trees. It just means it's scattered or you know it's wilderness yeah. and s- small copses of stuff here and there. That's kind of how but I not as whatever dense. whatever I need to make the cool like the moment cool. If I want a freaking handful of trees there, then damn it, there's a handful <laughs> of trees. Hell yeah! All right, uh, then let's do assignment of roles. We've done this before. Uh, what are we doing this time? Last time it was Rhineal's guide took over. Uh, Sorender nearly died. Uh, Hunter was Sorender. <laughs> Lookout was Gilly, and Scout was Floy. Uh, how are we doing now? I'm okay with keeping that formation. Okay. Floy has. You're going to keep okay. eating roots and berries. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You guys yeah. did not get a whole lot of protein. <laughs> he, was, he was hunting the, the infamous tofu plant. I'll find it one day. A six-pointer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here are some happy little trees. And then here are the trees that are moving. Why are those trees moving? <laughs> Got to work on my end voice. Uh, okay, so we're cool. We're cool keeping the roll. All right. I think so, yeah. So yeah. you say yeah. your final goodbyes. Gilly, you have an emotional, tearful goodbye with your family once more. Your mother tries to talk you out of it. Your father gives you a, kind of a, a big hug, and you can feel that he is tucking a little something special uh, into your pockets and your packs just for the ride. Just, okay. just for the race. And he says to you, Now, Gilly, there's quite a few of uh, folks I see you going with that could probably, you know, deal with a little relaxation. So maybe this might help. Now you be good. Thanks, You, s- you smile. And uh, 
we'll see you on the other side. And he starts, and he like tries not to cry. Oh, <laughs> More little hero. And then uh, he like just kind of steps off and just starts bawling off in the corner. And Gilly's standing there, and she does like one of those like <sighs> trying to trying to keep it cool as uh-huh. she like. As Sorndeer, Floy, and Arineal are like off to the side, and she doesn't want to cry in front of her friends. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay. So, what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll get a little we'll get a little started on the on the journey phase. Obviously, I don't think we're going to finish it tonight, uh, but let's go ahead and get started on it. So, uh, we know the rules. Uh, I need the uh, the guy. So, Arineal, go ahead and give me a travel as you start. You know, you start moving up to Greenway. Headed north. Uh, so travel roll. I feel the need to show off my travel skills to my uh, our ranger companions. So I'm going to uh, take an extra uh, audience d6. Um, and then I've got the d6 for my cloak. And all right, so that is one, two, three, four. And that is a... All right, let me do some math here. Uh, that is a regular success. It's a 13, 14, so it's a 16. Okay. Uh, so you start to, you, know, you start marching out of, of, of the Chetwood beaten route stacked up with resources. Uh, you've got your, your useful items, obviously, packed up, ready to go along the way. Uh, you you stop by Coom, bid farewell to Oswald. He, he bids you luck. Maybe he tucks a couple of new pages into Gilly's into Gilly's pouch for for reading on the road. You stop. Uh, you kind of journey through the Chetwood. Say goodbye to Elise Briar Cleave. You stop by the the cabin of Talendale and Marinbem, which you can tell they've kind of shut down a bit. Uh, kind of it's still there. It's functional, but there's packed up a few things you've buried some others they're ready to go and then you venture kind of northwesterly out of the chetwood find the greenway itself the road that is mostly overgrown at this point but there are stretches when you can see the old cobblestones and such of whatever whatever kingdom uh, Arineal's people uh, would want to call it, whether it's Arnor or Arthedain, last kind of maintain the roads themselves, and you venture northward a bit. First couple days travel is largely uneventful. You're still within very close sight or close range of, of Bree itself. No real trouble too much. You know that you only have you have a limited amount of resources, dried meats and things that you're trying to you know prevent to going to, going to waste too soon. So it's unsurprising then that maybe you, you take advantage of the fact that you know these areas and maybe Talondil and Marimbun as well, and maybe you hunt a bit. So Soren Deer, you are the hunter. So go ahead and roll a hunt test. And do. Uh, I needed a 14 and I got an eight. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That was okay. with the D12 and two pips. Okay. So as you, uh, you head out and we'll say 
you sm- see that kind of small force just to the north of Chetwood there, we'll probably say that just, just northwest of that is likely where your, your first encounter uh, of note occurs. And Soren, dear, you venture off the road a ways. Uh, you're, you're looking for, for anything that isn't, that doesn't require you to slaughter an animal. You're looking for berries. You're looking for, uh, for anything that, you know, maybe old, you know, wild grown, like, uh, tomatoes or vegetables that just so happen to be left over maybe a, a homestead that long since has gone to uh, gone to ruin but their garden still pers- you know still manages to to sort of persevere and you all realize that one night as you were sitting around the fire talking with Marin Ben and Talendale and they're kind of telling you what they you know what's kind of befallen these last year or so and you're maybe doing some practice Gilly you're reading through your notes you realize actually that Sorendir is not amongst you and although he might be a quiet reclusive fellow and you're used to him kind of just like drifting off into the corners and not necessarily engaging all the time in the social uh, the social construct that the rest of your peoples tends to be uh, more accepting of you actually realize you, you remember the last time you saw him, he was wandering off to find food to supplement your, your dinner. And at, and, and at some point, someone probably saw a hare or something like that sort of darting across the road and chased it down. Randall, you put an arrow in it from afar and you kind of forgot a bit. And you realize it's been hours and hours since you've last saw Soren Deer. Soren Deer. You found yourself heading eastward. You saw a forest lining the eastern side of the of the Greenway. Uh, the Greenway itself, at this point, is at the kind of a crest of a very large hill that kind of flattens out for a ways. And you descend down into the forest, and you wander about. You find this this thicket, uh, this this brush. You you hear the sounds of birds flying around you. You find this this run of, of berry bushes that you collect and you collect, and when you finish emptying one of the one of the bushes of berries, your eyes catch another one and never look a gift horse in the mouth. You move to the next one, to the next one, and a couple hours pass and you realize it's dark. Can't remember exactly how long you've been gone. And more than that, this forest is unfamiliar to you, and you do not recall which way. The road is in your party. Yeah, so Sorendir has the direction of a wounded bumblebee. Um, he he knows that you're not supposed to keep going left or right. Like you have to just pick a direction and go. So I think he's just gonna try and figure out what he thinks is like northish and just start going that way. Okay, uh, sure. So you start. So yeah, go ahead and just roll explore. <laughs> All right, I got a. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, but eleven is Sauron, is it not? It is indeed. So I got a Sauron. Okay. Uh, otherwise, it was just a six. Okay. You you start heading northward. You at least you think it's northward. 
you suddenly see rays of moonlight beginning to creep down through the through the branches overhead. You see that along the the path northward, you see a few more berry bushes. And again, well, might as well. We're here. It won't take that much longer. And you start plucking them and plucking them. And, and then suddenly you realize there's something kind of kind of crawling over top of you. And you see you've managed to disturb what looks like some kind of cluster of, of spiders once more. And they just begin crawling over top of you. And you panic. You stir. You drop the berries on the ground. That slip and slide and kind of fall down, kind of. And you realize after an embarrassing few moments that when you, when you gain control of yourself, that you've smashed basically all of the berries that you had collected. You've fallen onto your pack. You kind of hold the pack up. You can see the kind of the purplish goo begin to seep through uh, the fabric. And worse than that, you notice that the spiders were harmless. They were just. Spiders, nothing poisonous about them whatsoever. In fact, just part of the everyday cycle of of nature out here in the woods. But fortunately, no one was around to see this happen, at least. So I'm I'm definitely embarrassed about smashing all the berries, but I I tell myself that the reaction was proportionate, mm-hmm. and that if those had been bad spiders, I it, it was worth the loss of the berries. Uh, I'll do my best to salvage what I can and to try and clean out my pack as well. Absolutely. Now you, you end up having to actually spend the night uh, apart from your party, uh, or if you prefer, you, you can continue to search throughout the night and don't get sleep either way. It isn't until the next morning when the rest of the party has actually been out searching for you as well. Uh, kind of keeping close, you know, radius and stuff calling. So indeed, and obviously they know you're perfectly capable of handling yourself, but nonetheless, to lose one so quickly into the journey would be would be tragic. Well, the morning Chat sun is correct. Marimbem is face palming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but you return and you all meet up again in the middle of the morning. The cloud cover is something intense, like you can barely see the sun. But eventually Sorendir comes back. You see at first maybe those of you who are, who are keen-eyed. Almost looks like he's got some wounds, like he's been bleeding. But then you realize, no, no, that's not blood. It looks like stains. But you all nonetheless have had a difficult night right off the bat, just a few days into your journey. Separated. All of you go ahead and take one fatigue. Except for Irineal. The, the one up. word explanation that Sorendir would give would just be spiders. Oh, and then night. he won't speak of it anymore. <laughs> All right. So you're right. I think I think definitely Marimben Zoro is is just leans over towards Arineal and Gilly and Floy and says, I thought elves were serene and graceful. He's not your average elf. He might need one of you to go with him next time. You won't. He is old enough to be our ancestor. He needs a babysitter now. 
it's a his I've spent most of our traveling time as the hunter but I have since taken up a different role and we're all taking time to adjust right. I wouldn't mind if one of you were with always bring back his berries and leaves I should have another <laughs> uh well, it's just ben. like we need a group chat, and it's not about <laughs> him being gone all night. <laughs> we would text group chat. We removed Sorendir. She's like, like, guys, what? We're gonna get to Angmar, and we're gonna be weak because he doesn't get us any freaking meat and protein this whole time. All right, so Mar and Ben will agree to perhaps accompany Sorendir on on the next turn, or maybe it will be Talandil as we're approaching a stretch of land that he has ranged significantly, knows knows decently well. Uh, Arineal, go ahead and roll another travel test. As the clouds for the next few days following Sorendir's incident in this nameless wood, it's almost as if bad omens are beginning to mount so quickly between not being able to convince your uh, your ex-Bree Warden friend Sorendir getting lost on his first hunting excursion to a wood. The sign of spiders. The clouds overhead darkening and darkening. Almost they almost look like winter clouds, like snow clouds coming in, but it's too early for that, of course. It's it's only it's only mid-fall, mid-autumn. How'd you do it, Reniel? Uh success, 17 over 14. You you have fewer incidents the next few days as you continue along the greenway and you can tell that you've traveled this path before. So it's not as difficult for you to keep an eye on the road itself. Cause again, there are long stretches when there's no road at all. It's just worn earth flattened to some degree, other places where it's been completely overrun with meadow and weeds and grasses. You pass by cairns and old ruins you see what looks like a specific grave site that all of you explored when you traveled up the greenway and headed west to Eskerdale. You know, do not go down there. Very familiar place. And it's around there, actually, where you start veering off to the east. So uh, so if anyone wants to... I have to be on a different map uh, as I keep track of the hexes. If you all want to move your token probably about... Uh, a little further, like a little little nudge e- eastern from there. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, uh, this one's going to be Gilly. Gilly, you are the lookout. Can you tell us a little bit of what Gilly's been doing the last couple of days in her role as lookout? Like, what does this look like to us, for us? So, Gilly looks for danger, because we've been set upon by works and stuff a few times now. So she looks out for any predatory animals that might be roaming too close to us, um, any other possible travelers, um, and in general, just like any areas that we've encountered before that were extremely dangerous to try and like steer us away from them. Okay. Um, yeah. So- uh, go ahead and roll your awareness as you are. And keeping close to the group, close to your ponies, but at the same time, you know it's your job. Not so much to find the path, but to sort of 
cover the flanks, look behind you, mm-hmm. things like that. And especially during camping, like you kind of do a do a, like a circuit around the camp and such. Okay, so I got it. Fourteen, nineteen. So I pass. Uh, no extra successes though. Ooh. Okay. You you find yourself one one morning as maybe you've you've wandered off to do your your morning business mm-hmm. in private in some semblance of privacy with an earshot of the others and you start hearing like rustling there's there's scattered trees you can see in the distance to the to the northwest when the kind of the cloud cover is just right you can see what looks like the the ruined towers of Fornost, some of which are still still barely peeking up from from the uh, beyond the hillside you hear off to the east kind of in the direction in which you're headed the sounds of of what's almost like like panting and you see rustling and then you see something dart really fast from like this one bush to another at least your size maybe maybe bigger an animal a wolf you think Mm-hmm. And then you hear one kind of circle around behind you at this point. And you kind of quickly kind of pull up your bow, like like hastily draw it and just kind of, as you kind of pull it up and kind of shout out maybe like threateningly and such, unleash a, a random warning shot into the woods. Mm-hmm. You hear a yelp. And you see... Bursting out from behind the bush ahead of you to the east, a dog, not a wolf, very much similar hound-like to Hooper and Quint, not uh-huh. Hooper and Quint, burst out from the bush, and an arrow is in its flank, and you can see it's lifting up its rear left leg, and it's like trying to run now on three legs, yelping the whole way up through this forested hill off to the east-ish, you could tell it's kind of the tail uh, slopes in the hills of the the weather hills. And you can see it's, it's it's sort of racing up that kind of wooded wooded hill, and you you're not sure if it's going to to make it. Like it like you you got it really good. It's a lucky shot. Yeah. Oh, What'd you do? No. Um, Gilly would try and intercept it before it gets too far. Okay. So you race up and. It's moving like clumsily, but it's trying to move quickly. So more than one, mm-hmm. like it, it, you can tell it if, if it, if it, it could easily outpace you, but because yeah. it stumbles and falls and you can see it slid and slide and you can tell it's in horrible pain, like you're able to eventually catch up to it. You get within a few feet and starts growling. And that's when your awareness test kind of kicks in now. Uh-huh. As you, you smell smoke. You look around and you can see something between the trees further up the hill. Something constructed, a building, cabin, house, a home, something like that. You look down at the animal and you see there is a collar around it. Like something to suggest it is not just a wild hound, a wild dog. Can I catch its name? 
There's no name. There's no tag for a name oh, okay. like that. It's just they didn't scribble it on there or anything. It's yeah. No, I know. no. I'm not treating it like that. This is just me trying to yeah. suggest that it's it's tame. You see, as you start looking around on the trees, there's weird markings carved into some of the trees around here. And that's when you start seeing figures begin to surround you. And it's not dogs any for any longer. Yeah. You see people. You think they're people or orcs. You're not sure. But whoever they are, they're 30, 40 feet from you. There's some that are behind you further down their slope, some off to the east, some off to the north. You are surrounded. And you can tell that all of them are covered heavily in garb. Maybe this makes you nervous because the sun is coming out. Maybe they're trying Mm -hmm. to, maybe there's orcs or goblins or you're not really sure. The dog does look relatively well-kept aside for the arrow sticking out of its hind leg. But every time you look up at one, you hear like the, the sound of something breaking in a different direction. Your, your eyes kind of turn over there to see nothing. And then when you turn back to the shape you saw before, they're gone again. Instead, you your eyes kind of focus on one of those strange markings on the trees. What do you want to do? And still, this dog is whimpering. Yeah. Um. Oh, God. Would it attack me if I tried to scoop it up? Well, that sounds like a, a roll test, doesn't it? <laughs> it does sound like a roll test. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, why don't we do, hmm, maybe like an insight to see if you can uh, calm it or, or kind of get a feel for its demeanor as you reach for it Okay. and react accordingly. Oh, thank God. Uh, just very fast. I got a 16 exactly, but no extra sixes. Okay. You reach down. One of my so D12s was a, was a zero. The the dog doesn't like snap. Like it, it, it kind of snaps at, at you at a certain point, but mm-hmm. you can tell doing so hurt it. <laughs> so the next yeah. time it didn't, you kind of put your hands gently on the animal. You're kind of shushing it. And you're yeah. kind of petting it, it here like, and there. Please, shh. I'll, 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 I'll fix it. Please, just, just we have to get out of here. And... It's a big dog. Uh, so I don't know if Gilly would be able to carry this dog. Uh, oh, no. Okay. It's like... It's like a hunting is, hound? It's it's Odin, uh, our friend okay. Odin's dog. Got it's it. Odin. Uh, yeah, I don't think Gilly... <laughs> it's like a 130-pound bloodhound, you know? Like, uh, and, and you lean down. Uh, you could certainly try to heal it if you like, but it does yeah, seem... Could... It, it does seem to not be snapping at you at this point. Uh. Gilly is going to try and heal it as quickly as possible and then run okay. or like stealth out from these people. <laughs> Roll that heal test. Uh, three uh, eye cat. Welcome to the chat. Welcome to the stream. For this dog, I will spend a hope. <laughs> really? Yes. Yes. I love the dog. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he deserves it. Does he? Yeah, if you knew what you were doing. <laughs> Rings of power, people. This is Sauron, maybe? I don't know. Got <laughs> an extra six. Yay. So great success. You managed to 
very quickly pull the arrow out. It didn't go in too far, and you're able to kind of quickly put a put some sort of some sort of cloth over top of it to help staunch the bleeding. And you can hear it kind of it yelps out, but it's bleeding and it's bleeding and it's bleeding. Now this isn't magical healing, mm-hmm. so like you're managing to keep it. Like it's not like the stitch is going to magically, you know, and like the the wound Mm -hmm. is going to magically heal itself. So you keep it there. You're holding it. The dog is is coming to some sort of calm level, and then then you hear the twig snap, and another, and you hear shuffling, and you hear this horrific voice. What have you done to our pet? How dare you? You see, there's. A figure covered in furs and leathers and cloth. You cannot see an inch of skin. All you can see are these eyes that are dark with like bloodshot where the sclera is. Like you don't even really see mm-hmm. white. Everything's completely covered. Looking at them, they aren't just covered in cloth, but you can tell that like a lot of the cloth is stained like browns and reds. And they're holding what looks like a short sword up in your direction. And then you can see two more kind of step out, starting to flank you. And now you're surrounded by three of them. How dare you kill? We'll show you. He's he's not dead. He's not dead. I'm, I'm healing him. You. You come here. And harm that which is dear to us. We will harm that which is dear to you. Yes. If you harm me now, he he will die, and I'm so sorry. And and you and think really- you're the only one that could heal this one. You think we are without capability. We do not live here because we are incapable. We live here because those like you have thrown us out. We can care for ourselves, little one. We don't need your help, and neither does our dog. They start to get closer. And at that point, Gilly, like, does, like, the whistle that she does for the group. And she's like. <sighs> it's it's too I- late for them. They can't get here in time. We're watching them as well. <sighs> and you can see as they get closer, they're like. You can you you can tell what it looks like when someone walks and they're in pain. And this person is in pain. And as they step forward, they're wincing as they and they're trying to keep their voice from breaking. Can can I help you as well? Your healers would not help us. They sent us away so as not to infect the others. Why would we accept your help now? That would harm away. The people of the Breelands. We were sent out. We are too sick and feeble 
We reminded them that the body is weak. Our bodies might be weak. Our bodies might be held. But our mind and spirit, they are strong. No one deserves to be treated as such. They're breathing so heavily. Uh Uh-huh. And you notice as there's actually roll, roll, uh, well, you rolled your awareness test. We'll carry that over. Don't, don't worry about it. You can see as they're talking, they have like some sort of, again, they have a face covering and you see the stains are growing and they're getting wet and they're starting to spread. Please, please, you're hurting yourself worse. Roll a courtesy. And you're going to roll this with, uh, unfortunately, it's going to be a minus 2D. One for who they are and where you're from, and one because you shot their dog. Yeah. Yeah. Would you Um, like one audience? Yeah. Please. (laughs) 17. I needed a 16. Okay. You see there's hesitation. What would you know that the healers and Bree said they could do nothing for us and that we were hopeless. Leprosy they called it. They hold up their hand and you can see like they're like the way they have their hand now on their sword, you can now tell they only have like two mm-hmm. fingers wrapped around the hilt and like the other one that is hanging down by their side is covered in what looks like fresh wounds and things. Would I have learned anything like with the elves of Linden that would at least like help alleviate the pain more? Uh, we can certainly give a roll and find out if you did. Okay. Uh, I'll say roll, uh, roll a healing test. Uh, this one will be a minus one uh, as... <laughs> It's just an unfamiliar ailment to you. Uh, go ahead. Whoa. No one failed. Uh, rolls I got, you guys have to fail a roll right now and then, or else no one believes Jeff, I fail all my just rolls. I got an yeah. eight and two sixes I know, on Steven's six. Total opposite. He wants to fail because it's funny. It's funner. Uh, okay. Uh, so, so great success or okay. extraordinary, right? Cause I got two D sixes. Uh, sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of hold your hands up and you can see they're covered in the blood of this poor creature and you kind of reach very slowly and carefully into your, your pack, you kind of pull it around and you reach in, you pull out some poultices and things and you kind of set it down on the ground and kind of put your hands back up and you know that there's nothing you can do to cure them. There's yeah. nothing you can do to save this these people if it is what they say it is. Yeah. But at the very least, like you said, you might be able to ease some of their suffering. And so you place it down in front of them and you know it's some kind of combination of various herbs, powders and things, grind down, stuff that they could potentially, like a forest would have it and they live close enough. Maybe yeah. you, you even spot out of the corner or carry over your awareness test. You look over and you can see like this, this little growth uh, of, of sort of plants right, uh, right on the roots of a tree, You're like there. And then, then look for this and that. And you kind of 
start listing the things and Mash she, together. she ferment. Mm-hmm. steps closer, leans down, picks it up. You see she just sort of stabs the short sword, which is rusted and old into the ground, begins to unwrap her hand. And when you see it, it is shaking and covered in wounds and discoloration. Mm-hmm. It's quite... It's quite unnerving to look at, in fact. Probably the worst thing you've seen other than some of the wounds that you all have suffered, mm-hmm. you know, in your in your in your time. But in terms of sickness, this is probably the worst Gilly has ever seen. Yeah. And she begins to sort of apply this here. Wraps, rewraps. You can tell immediately she's She looks at the others that are kind of flanking. Kind of gives them a nod. And they step off to the side. And they say, and she says, You can go. Quickly now before I change my mind. Uh, thank you. And and Gilly will like put the last piece of like the bandage or whatever on the dog, and then she'll stand up and she'll head back to where she knew the group was. Yeah. You head back, and the group, you heard the whistle, and you've obviously, like, jumped. You know you know the deal. You're looking around and scouting, struggling to find tracks, mm-hmm. looking for where she went. Uh, and you see the blood. She tells you the story. You decide to kind of veer a little. You kind of veer a little bit further away from this hillside that Gilly found, which would have been the exact direction you kind of wanted to head. Mm-hmm. So you, t- you take a l- slightly longer route around, which will add some extra fatigue to you all, as you can go ahead and take two fatigue from that. can't believe Gilly shot a dog. I know. What a murderer. I didn't even <laughs> roll to shoot. That was, that was cold-hearted, Gilly. It really was. It was absolutely terrible. I bet it was like yelping and that whining and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh it was. It was looking at you with those eyes. It was like, why would you do this to me? He's okay. I send a hope. Is, is he? You don't know. All you at did was pull the pull the arrow out and stop the bleeding. You don't know. They don't. They don't have proper meds. It's gonna get infected. It's not like they're gonna oh, properly no. amputate. Gonna oh, put no. the dog down. It's gonna be an old yeller situation. Mm. All right, everyone. Everyone, take a shadow point. Uh, all right, so now. go ahead and roll another travel test. We'll do one more, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Alrighty. Get another one of these, because we've got a generous audience, and it's my birthday. So <laughs> You would do it anyway. Your birthday's got nothing to do with it. I'm just saying that we have so many today. <laughs> Teach Gilly, Gilly about the cards. Uh, all right, so that is that is a success. No additional successes. Okay, Oops, wrong button. Okay, uh, and then uh, and then I need uh, Floyd. Floyd, your turn. Yeah, man, roll an explore test. Lower up two pips. 
16 pass. One success. So, originally you, you spend some time trying to find a slightly better route, but still kind of keep yourselves easternly. As you veer northward a bit, you can see in the distance as the sun comes up the next day what looks like a, a very small grouping of these crude-looking homes off on the hill. That is the last day of sun that you all get for the next three days. As the cloud cover becomes almost oppressive as you start weaving between the hills, the, the kind of the tail end of the weather hills, the north downs. It's beautiful country. However, the the weather itself is becoming more and more difficult. Floyd, you're you're often kind of working with a renial to try to find these routes that might that might get you sort of a, a more or a kinder path, not as much elevation, you know, elevation change. You can hear like even already Talendil is kind of wincing every now, now and then as it's taking him a little extra time in the morning as you're getting nor- more north and it's getting colder. The bones are beginning to, to feel a little bit more on edge. And as you weave through this valley, not only do the clouds above become like this oppressive dark gray storms, but it never rains. There is this heavy rolling mist and fog that sweeps in extraordinarily thick, white, and it never abates. The sun doesn't come out to burn it away. And Floyd and Arineal, you are struggling to find any path forward. You feel the ground kind of sink here and there beneath your feet. You're wondering, are we traveling the right direction? You look for any sort of signs. At a certain point, Floy, as you're taking the lead, at one point thinking you find this path, you put your foot down as you've been traveling across this sort of I would say grassless terrain. It felt more like rock, almost flat in some ways. And you can't quite see it all that well as as like this, almost like dry ice just starts wafting around. That's how thick and white this becomes. And then you go to put your next foot down and you're too slow to react as as there's nothing there. And suddenly, Arineal, just from a few feet away, you hear Floyd just go, ah! And then there's a long gap between you here, the smash of Floy, as he has wandered literally off a cliff. Oh no. Floy, how'd you do on your roll? It was just a piss, once of this. Okay. Fate is with you, perhaps. As you land kind of on the sort of downslope at the bottom of this cliff. You have your armor on. The mithril is there to protect you. And you you smash and you roll and you roll and you come to a stop. You bang your head. And you kind of feel a little bit of blood coming down from your forehead. But when you reach up, it's small. And you are not wounded. But the rest of you are struggling to find a way down to help him. All of you didn't gain two fatigue. 
eventually you come together and you kind of continue on this path a whole day of trying to find this switchback path to go and, and reach where floy is otherwise you're separating and someone's having to backtrack for an extraordinarily long way and as you kind of continue to like after you've fallen off that cliff you start to ascend and ascend again almost as if you're going up and down and up and down and as you get to the top of a of, of a of a hilltop you look off in the distance and you can finally see something because otherwise it's just been that fog cover everywhere all of you see with just a hint of light coming from the west still as the sun's going down what looks like a castle it's has to be a few miles out like you might be able to reach it the next day next day comes fog is still here you travel up and down up and down all the while there's that castle and no matter how many hills you crest or how many valleys you descend there's that castle Never getting closer, never getting further, the fog, the mist, never, never dissipating. And then all of you are starting to feel the weight of the moisture of the fog. Your packs and your limbs are growing heavier. Your boots are sinking into the earth as you get into the gullies, the valleys once more. You start to hear your mounts braying and crying from nerves. Talendil as well, though you can tell he's he's trying to, to keep it in. But one morning, after three days of this, you look up. The sun is shining. No fog. The hills are clear. And you see that you are one hilltop away from a ruined castle in relatively good condition that when you went to bed the night before seemed miles away. And we'll go ahead and end on that. We'll pick up there next time. I want to explore the castle. I know I you know. do. It's called a cliffhanger. <laughs> that's what Floyd already was went over doing. That, yeah. yeah, that's what Floyd did. That's not a cliffhanger. Yeah, you just fell. <laughs> <laughs> But no, we're ending a little earlier as it is uh, Moses' birthday. We're going to go grab some dinner and everything. So, uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I love, I love doing journeys. Yeah. <laughs> except when now we're like d- double stepping every single step in the fog in case mm-hmm. we all go falling off cliffs. <laughs> yeah, it's been rough. I mean, he got terrible misfortune. Um, so again to peel the curtain back there's so on the on the gm map of area door it's a hex map and mm-hmm. each of the hexes are colored a, a specific thing to determine what kind of land they are and that determines whether event rolls are rolled normally ill favored or uh, or favored mm-hmm. and the last two you've been in have been ill favored <laughs> which is why gilly had yeah. such a horrible situation and why floy had such a horrible sure. situation uh, funnily uh, and funnily enough, Sorendir, uh, yours was um, <laughs> uh, yours actually was uh, was favored 
and I rolled terrible misfortune and shortcut. It's just you failed your roll. <laughs> so it was just <laughs> you couldn't get the shortcut. Didn't have a, didn't have a so, chance. Didn't have a chance. You would have you would have you would have cut a day off your journey uh if uh if you would have passed. I guess it's uh, a good thing we have Lady Artolos as our patron. Well she's good for shadow, the shadow issues. Stuff. Yeah, which yeah. you haven't actually had a face yet. Uh on uh, on these but it will happen at some point i'm sure as we have a long it's way to go coming. yeah you're about a third <laughs> of the way there closer. uh all right let's do some uh some closing plugs and then we'll get out of here uh we'll start with uh with our good friend steven steven has been kind enough to volunteer to run a game for us on our channel steven tell us about this game yes so haunted west tuesdays uh 7 p.m. Pacific time. That's 9 p.m. Central. Uh, it is a horror Western game. Uh, plays out similar to Call of Cthulhu. Got some familiar faces here. Ashley and Jeff are in there. Uh, Melissa might even show up at some point. We'll see. I might have to kill a player to get her in. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, sorry. It's going to be you. Uh, have it's fun, a great game. Uh, not having, having a, a producer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Talk about plot. Root and tootin' horror. It's a blast. I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, also, in a couple hours, I'll be on a Grim and Perilous doing a one shot run by a Chuck from Defenders of Cabal. So that'll be fun too. Yes, uh, in our heart spot because Melissa said uh, I'm not able to play tonight. So, uh, <laughs> Chuck, you got a fancy Chuck dinner plan. Out. Uh, really, it was Melissa just doing me a favor because I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm uh, okay. So then for us, uh, let's see tomorrow night, you can catch me over on steam, steel murder, playing some shadow run. Uh, and then on our channel on Monday, we've got uh holler for savage worlds. Uh, Steven already mentioned the haunted, West, haunted West on Tuesday. Uh, next Friday, we'll be doing some mothership. Uh, and next Saturday, we'll be doing One Ring, and it'll be the last One Ring for a couple weeks because because uh, we're going to have one, one one more One Ring next week, and then Long is journeying on his across own in real world. life. Yes, across yeah, the world. So he'll, we'll be off for a couple weeks, uh, but we'll, we'll be filling uh, we'll be filling One Ring with a different game, uh, Orbital Blues, and we're doing that for a couple weeks while Long is gone because mm-hmm. we don't want to play One Ring without our our dwarven treasure hunter. Without that sounds that's sacrilegious. Boy. Yeah, we would lose is. every fight. Yes, uh, but it's only for a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks during uh, during during October. Uh, but we'll be back with more uh, with more shortly thereafter. Uh, thank you for everyone who hung out tonight. Thank you for all you who threw out some bits and some credits and some subs. You all are very very kind. Uh, thank you so very very much. Thank you to the new folks uh, who uh, who showed up tonight in chat and who uh, and who followed us. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, and for those of you who are watching uh, this later on YouTube or on VOD. Uh, we appreciate you too, and if you're listening to the, the this in the in the future, uh, as we've been posting all of our episodes, catching up, I should say, uh, on podcast format, uh, thank you for listening as well. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and raid uh, the boys uh, from the Baltic Star because speaking of Orbital Blues, they're playing it, and I want you to get a taste for it when we start playing it in a couple of weeks too. So, good night, everybody. Bye bye.